Hi, everyone, and welcome to the SRHM podcast. My name is Nina Sun, and I am an associate editor for the SRHM Journal. In today's episode, Dr. Ruwani Jayawira, epidemiologist and researcher at IBIS Reproductive Health, is in conversation with her colleagues, Dr. Heidi Moseson, also an epidemiologist and researcher at IBIS Reproductive Health, and PI of the SAFE study, Ijioma Iguatsu, Data Innovation and Communication Director at GIWYN and Study Coordinator for the SAFE study, and Ika Ayu Christianingrum, Executive Director of Samsara and Co-PI of the SAFE study. Together, they discuss recent research on the SAFE study on the effectiveness of self-managed abortion using misoprostol alone, how these findings can be contextualized within the clinical literature, and the implications of these findings for those who need access to abortion and those who support them. This podcast builds on a commentary published in SRHM last summer entitled, A Love Letter to Misoprostol, the Original Abortion Medication, by Dr. Ruwani Jayawira, Dr. Heidi Moseson, and Dr. Caitlin Gertz. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the SRHM podcast. My name is Ruwani Jayawira, and I'll be your host for today. Today, we'll be talking about medication abortion with misoprostol alone. Misoprostol alone is one of two regimens for medication abortion recommended by the World Health Organization, and it's often viewed as a less effective or less preferred method as compared to mifepristone in combination with misoprostol, which is the other recommended WHO regimen. However, misoprostol alone, or miso alone as you'll hear us refer to it throughout this podcast, is probably the most common method of medication abortion used worldwide. It's widely available in many places over the counter without a prescription, it's low cost, shelf stable, and it might be much more effective than we think. Understanding how effective miso may actually be feels especially important given restrictions on MISI in many countries. And today we'll be digging into this in the light of new scientific evidence through a discussion with Dr. Heidi Moseson, as well as hear from the experiences of safe abortion activists, Ijeome Guatu and Ikayu Christian Ingram, who both work at organizations that have supported thousands and thousands of people in self-managing their abortion with misoprostol alone. We're going to kick it off with Dr. Heidi Moseson. Uh, Heidi, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So you're the principal investigator of the SAFE study, which is a prospective cohort study looking at the safety and effectiveness of self-managed medication abortion with support from accompaniment organizations and safe abortion hotlines. I know that was a lot of terms I just threw out there. So for our listeners, could you maybe start by explaining what we mean when we say self-managed abortion in the context of the study? Yes. So self-managed abortion, uh, when we sit, use that phrase, we're referring to anything, anytime someone does something to end a pregnancy on their own without support or supervision from a clinician. And so we are talking about anyone who uses medication to end a pregnancy on their own. And usually this means they obtain the pills on their own and use them on their own without clinical support. And, and what about accompaniment organizations and safe abortion hotlines? So safe abortion hotlines and accompaniment groups are groups of feminist activists who provide free information about how to take the medications and also provide emotional support to people who are self-managing an abortion. And usually this is done over the phone. 
There are so many of these groups around the world, at least 50 that we know of and more, I think, every day. And I'm so, so excited that we're going to get the chance to talk with two of our partners from Safe Abortion Hotlines later in this podcast, who are also some of our key partners in the SAFE study. But can you tell us a bit more about what the SAFE study is? Yes. So the main objective of the SAFE study, which was a prospective study, we aim to measure effectiveness of self-managed abortion with medication with support from accompaniment groups or one of these hotlines. So we recruited people who contacted an accompaniment group in three different countries, Argentina, Indonesia, and Nigeria. We recruited these people before they took the medications and then followed up with them over several weeks to see which medications they got, um, how they took the medications, what outcomes they had, whether it was a complete abortion, if they sought health care, and so on. Lots and lots of things. And what did you find? Well, we recruited 1,351 participants, of which 638 used mesoprostol alone, so just over about half. And the effectiveness was very high. Almost everyone in the study had a complete abortion without the need for surgical intervention. So at last follow-up in the study, which for most people was about three weeks after taking the pills, 95% had a complete abortion without the need for surgical intervention. Wow. And as we noted in our commentary, there's a substantial difference in the effectiveness of misoprostol alone from clinical trials and the effectiveness that's been reported in other observational studies, like the SAFE study, on people who self-manage their abortion with miso alone. Yeah. I mean, the when we look at um, effectiveness in clinical studies, meta-analyses that have been done, they found that about 80% of people who use mesoprostol alone have a complete abortion. Whereas when we look at the group of observational studies on people who've self-managed with miso alone, we see that it's substantially higher. About 90% of people have a complete abortion. And in the commentary, we talk about how this difference can be attributed to a few key factors. Um, I think, for one, in clinical studies, participants were evaluated for abortion completion as early as one week post-taking the pills um, and are offered surgical intervention to anyone who might be still in their abortion process. When in the real-world context where people are self-managing, MVA might not be an option for them, and outcomes are often measured between one to four weeks later. Exactly. Self-managed abortion and clinical abortion take place in very different contexts. Often self-managed abortion occurs in legally restricted settings, which changes the game there. Um, But in clinical trials of mesoprostol alone, studies are typically set up where at each follow-up, usually starting several days or one week, the participant is offered an MVA right away if they'd like their abortion to be over to have the bleeding stop at that moment. Whereas this just isn't an option in most of the sites where self-managed abortion with mesoprostol alone has been studied. And as you mentioned, the time points at which abortion completion is measured in clinical studies differ pretty substantially from observational studies. Observational studies tend to follow people over a longer period of time, and thus the pills have more time to work. And that might explain some of the difference in completion we see. And finally, I think there's a really important point to be made about what we consider a complete abortion. Ultimately, what matters is that the person is no longer pregnant and that they're safe. And whether that happens by pills alone or with support from MVA is less consequential. And we should reconsider how we think about surgical intervention in the context of effectiveness. 
So light of all the evidence that we have to date, how should we think about the quote-unquote true effectiveness of misoprostolone as a regimen? And as researchers, what should our next steps be um, in terms of what questions should be answered? I think what's come up for us in the SAFE study is the really central role of counseling in abortion effectiveness. The accompaniment group counselors in our study provided extremely detailed counseling on how the pills work, how to take them according to World Health Organization endorsed protocols, what to expect in terms of bleeding and cramping, how to assess for completion, etc. We think that the context and the content of the counseling and the accessible on-demand nature of it really could plausibly have reduced surgical intervention by minimizing unnecessary healthcare seeking, reassuring callers through their abortion process that bleeding, cramping they're experiencing may be normal, and supporting participants to self-assess abortion completion. We also want to explore dosage and regimen variations for misoprostol alone to understand how higher doses may lead to higher effectiveness and what the trade-offs might be. In our study, most people didn't start bleeding until after the second or third dose of misoprostol, and heavy bleeding for most didn't start until after that third dose. And so in a clinical setting, after one just one dose, there might be a recommendation to intervene for believing the pills were not effective, whereas we saw over subsequent doses is really when the abortion started to happen. So I want to come back to something that you had said earlier about the idea of a complete abortion and, and what that means and how it's measured. And in many studies on effectiveness, surgical intervention is often viewed as an adverse outcome, where if someone gets an MVA, it means it's kind of taken as a sign that the medications weren't effective. But I think, like you said, what's really important at the end of the day is that the person is no longer pregnant and had an abortion experience where they got the care and support that they needed when and how they wanted it, which might mean access to surgical intervention early if bleeding continues for more than what is desirable for them, or access to additional doses of MISO so they can complete their process entirely outside of the formal medical system. And I think, like you said, we can think of either option as a successful abortion experience. And I love what you said about thinking about the data from clinical studies as a minimum possible effectiveness of MISO only, so almost the lower bound of what is possible, and really looking to the data from self-managed studies as well as the experiences of safe abortion activists for seeing really how high the effectiveness of MISO alone could possibly be with all the additional doses, support, and information that you laid out as, as really key to that experience. Yes, I agree completely. And I, as a researcher, to other researchers listening, I want to make the strongest plug I can for researchers to work with and learn from the expertise of safe abortion activists and advocates across setting. Our partners on the SAFE study, two of whom are here with us today, advised on every piece of the study, including wording, timing of questions, to really center the person having the abortion and to ensure that the questions we asked were respectful, relevant, and well-timed, given their very deep knowledge of what this process looks like. These partners have decades of experiential knowledge, and they have supported tens of thousands of people through self-managed medication abortion. And really, this study would not have been possible without the trust and the insight of these partners. So they are the real experts on self-managed abortion with misoprostol alone. I agree completely, Heidi, and thank you. That's such a great segue to the next segment of our podcast, well, where I'll actually get to talk um, with two of our accompaniment group partners from this work. So thank you so much for, for joining me today.
I am excited to talk with Ijeoma Iguatu, Director of Data Innovation and Communication from Generation Initiative Women and Youth Network, or GWINE. GWINE is a nonprofit organization based in Nigeria whose work is based on the principle that every woman and youth has the right to the highest standard of living, the right to safe reproductive health choices, right to accessible health care, and an enabling environment that promotes their fundamental human rights, especially their reproductive and sexual rights. Ijeoma, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Wani. I'm happy to be part of this discussion. Can you start by telling us a bit about what abortion access is like in Nigeria? Okay, in the context where I work, that's um, in Nigeria, I would say that the legal restrictions to abortion remain a cake because abortion is regulated by penal code law and criminal code. And in these laws, both the procurer and the supplier of surgical and medical abortion risk imprisonment of up to 14 years. So the only exception is when an abortion is performed to save the woman's life or uh, it, must, and it must, must be done under a clinical supervision. Mm. So in fact, the yes, so like the context of assessing abortion where policies prohibit, like stigmatize and drive um, common human choices on the ground is really challenging. I would also say that lack of access to safe abortion for women who need it has become a social, gender, racial, and reproductive justice issue. So for this reason, GYN created a hotline intervention strategy, which is based on the harm reduction framework, prioritizing strategies to reduce harm and preserve health. Can you tell us more about the, the hotline and how it operates? Ms. Rosie is GYN's practical community intervention strategy to help women and girls in need of reproductive health information. So Ms. Rosie is the hotline that GYN runs. So it is a toll-free hotline and an information service that gives free and reliable information about women's reproductive health and safe choices. Then from 2014, when it was initially launched to date, it has received up to 3 million calls. Three, so, so 3 million. Yes, 3 million calls. Wow. So yes, Ms. Rosie, it puts power and decision in the hands of women, you know, giving clear and accurate life-saving information on how a woman can safely self-manage her abortion herself in the comfort of her home or place of choice using pills, either misoprostol alone or misoprostol and misoprostol combined. But most of our callers use misoprostol alone. And why do most of your callers use miso alone? Probably because misoprostol is widely available and approved in Nigeria, mostly for treatments and prevention of postpartum hemorrhage. And it's also used to treat arthritis and ulcers. So it's available in pharmacies and it comes in different brands. And it's easier for women who are purchasing uh, miso alone pills in the context that we are to say that they are using these pills for the mentioned reasons, like for PPH, arthritis or ulcers, in order to access the pills to self-manage their abortions. And Ms. Rosie also prepares callers to say that they are using it for PPH or ulcers or arthritis in case pharmacies refuse to sell to them or maybe they act judgmental. So, And what about the, the combi pack? Is that available in Nigeria? Well, mifepristone and misoprostone combined is approved for termination of pregnancy under legal indication. So it's not widely available in pharmacies unlike miso alone. So most times it can only be sold with a doctor's prescription, 
since MIFE plus MISO use is only allowed under the supervision of a medical practitioner in the clinic with the woman having, having a hospital visit like twice and may have to see two different doctors for each visit. So um, also the you know, combi pack that's the misoprostone combined and misoprostone combined is much more expensive than the miso alone pack. So I think those are the reasons why they use misoprostone and what kind of support or information do you offer to people who are calling the Ms. Rosie hotline? Ms. Rosie offers information on self-managed medication abortion using both regimen. And Ms. Rosie also offers support like giving a listening ear, showing empathy, support a caller's decision to terminate their pregnancy, following up on callers to find out how they are doing, you know, preparing them for the whole abortion experience telling them what to expect, what to do after um, do, while taking the pills and referring them to if, um, friendly pharmacies that they can buy pills and telling them what to say when they are faced with challenges of refusal to sell pills in order to reduce being stigmatized. So like even results from quality of care research that Gwine together with IB's Reproductive Health conducted with Ms. Rosie Hotline Callers to measure quality of service that Ms. Rosie gives and how women perceive this service. One example of their testimonies from the in-depth interviews were that Ms. Rosie is a place where you can first find understanding and secondly, an individual approach to your case. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's been so clear to me just the important role that you play in all the lives that you touch um, in the work that you do. As Heidi and I mentioned earlier in this discussion, recent studies on self-managed abortion with MISO alone have found that it is highly effective, with effectiveness higher than 90%. How does the findings from the research on self-managed abortion align with your experiences supporting people having abortions with Ms. Rosie's help? Okay, I would say findings from this research aligns very well with the experiences that we have at Ms. Rosie because we rarely experience callers who contact us again saying that misoprostol alone did not work for them from the call intake record that Ms. Rosie keeps for every caller. There is a case, le case level section and we always have like process complete for that section for most callers. So we hardly ever have callers who we record under emergencies or incomplete abortion. Why do you think that effectiveness of misoprostol alone is so much higher in your experiences than from what clinical trials have shown? Well, um, effectiveness lies in the trust that they have, that the callers have with the information and support they receive from Ms. Rosie. So in line with giving accurate information on safe abortion with pills, Ms. Rosie also prepares callers on what to expect after taking the pills, like bleeding, cramping, or possible side effects. Ms. Rosie also prepares them on what to do to feel supported, like, you know, calling Ms. Rosie back, staying with a trusted partner or friend, you know, identifying the closest hospital nearby in case of serious complication, which rarely happens, gives women the total empowerment they need to self-manage their abortion themselves, you know, from giving the correct protocol of administering the abortion pills to knowing what to expect, to knowing how to access, um, access completion. So I think those are where yeah, effectiveness is rated. 
So just so I understand, because you have this relationship with your callers and have empowered them with information, you're saying that they're prepared with how much bleeding to expect and might be less likely to go to a facility with those concerns? Yes, that's very true. We ensure we, we build trust by, you know, being patient with every caller, listening to them and providing rapid response to their need. Because it also gives time for pills to work, you know, as bleeding may vary from individual to individual. So it informs the callers to check for completion after three weeks of taking the pills or allow for the woman to take extra doses. So that's probably why we are able to see such high effectiveness with isoprostol alone. So that's all of the questions that I have today. Thank you so much, Ijeoma, for sharing your experiences. Thank you, Rowani. Next, we get to speak with Ikayu Christian Ingram, who is a director of Samsara. Samsara is a feminist nonprofit organization based in Indonesia and works to create a world without discrimination where everyone's sexual and reproductive rights are fully recognized, respected, and fulfilled. Samsara aims to improve women's sexual and reproductive health and promote bodily integrity and autonomy. Ika, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Rufani. I'm so excited to be in this podcast. So how would you say that the Indonesia context around abortion compares to what Ijeoma described in Nigeria? Yeah, in Indonesia, the lack of comprehensive sexual education and limited access to reproductive health become one out of many challenges that restrict women and people to achieve their optimal health status. It's quite similar with the Nigeria's context. Under the law, abortion is legally restricted in Indonesia. And this option can only be accessed by a rape survivor or for pregnancy resulted from rape. But if the case is proven or to save women or mother's life, but even the law says so, it cannot be accessed due to the restriction of the requirement. It requires an eligibility team can only be accessed for no more than 40 days of pregnancy or gestational age. And in the penal code, even people who had abortion get up to 10 years of imprisonment. Wow. And in our recent penal court revision draft, those who promote or provide counseling other than the assigned healthcare provider could also get imprisonment. So it seems like a very restrictive legal environment. Besides the law, are there other things that uh, maybe restrict people's access to abortion? Yeah, a strong abortion stigma from the society, from the media, makes people being more doubtful and afraid to being open up about their situation. The stigma restricts them to find a valid and reliable information regarding choices they could have. Within this context, uh, Samsara has initiated a hotline since 2011 as a harm reduction strategy to support people with information and counseling regarding their unplanned pregnancy situation. Our hotline provides a quality of care, a counseling that is free from stigma, non-judgmental, and also we support people with information and counseling to claim their rights, to gain back their power and autonomy over their body. So when someone calls the Samsara hotline for help, what happens? When a client counsels their unplanned pregnancy situation, we will let them know that they have choices to continue their pregnancy or do abortion. We inform them about methods that are available in our setting in Indonesia. We help them assessing their situation so they can decide because we believe that each of us, every woman, every person has their own agency to choose. When clients choose to have medical abortion, 
We provide them with information and guidelines, also to find partner to support them to take the pill. And the partner also get a counseling session with our counselor. Also stages of follow-up so they can safely manage their abortion. And so for the clients who choose to self-manage using medication abortion, what are the experiences of callers who are using misoprostol alone? Since our establishment, we have received more than 20,000 calls asking for information and counseling. And many of them who choose medical abortion using misoprostol alone to self-manage. Our client experience shows that miso is a truly revolutionary pill. It is safe, it is effective, and as I mentioned, Counseling take a crucial part because during the counseling, we share information about what is the reaction, how to ease the reaction, how to know that the symptom of numbness, of itchiness is a side effect, and how to assess the cramping, the bleeding, also to know and assess when you need to go to the hospital. And once the client gets counseling and full information, they are well prepared. So given that Samsara's model is totally remote, um, that you don't meet with your clients in person and and you solely support them over the phone or via chat, is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's correct. So given that it's totally remote, how do you know what their experiences around misoprostol alone are like? Yeah, that's the thing, because we believe that information and an empowering counseling are tools that will support their agency. So in the counseling, we also talk about how to monitor their reaction, to note the symptom. We send them a form to track their experience while taking the pill. And the most important thing is we also discuss about how to make themselves feel safe during the abortion, knowing that the context in Indonesia somehow is so challenging. How do they know that their abortion is complete? And that's how the self-assessment play an important role, supported by the form that I mentioned before, where mm-hmm. they track their reaction, such as bleeding and other experience. Also, by continuing follow-up each client, that includes checking whether the abortion is successful in the first week based on their note in the form. And when we reach them in 21 days of follow-up, to know if the abortion is complete. And it's interesting that based on the recent study we conducted, we also find that the client can know or assess on their own that their abortion is complete. And based on the information that we share in the counseling and support they have from Samsara, uh, we recommend the client to do the pregnancy test after 21 days to ensure that their abortion is complete. So it seems like it's really this strong communication that you have with your clients that helps in supporting them to self-assess their own completion. However, one concern I've also heard raised around self-managed abortion is a concern around drug quality. How do you provide information to clients about how to obtain miso that is of high quality? Yeah, in Indonesia context, miso is actually widely available in our marketplace. But there is challenge for people being sold fake pills and pay a very high price. But however, we learn so much from our clients. We track information from our previous clients around which miso seller provide good and high quality of misoprostol. It helps us to create two lists, a recommended seller list, as well as a list of scam seller based on prior client experiences. The way we know the miso is high quality is by measuring the reaction our clients have to the pill, whether they start bleeding and the effectiveness. And in this way, the experience of our previous clients play a very important role in helping other access high quality miso. 
because self-managed abortion is really about women helping women and samsara is just a bridge to make sure their experience are shared. What a beautiful sentiment. I love that. And I think that that is all that we have time for today. Ika, do you have any final thoughts on Miso alone that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, for us with all of the experience that we have, Miso is magic. It's a revolutionary pill. And we believe by putting miso into everyone's hands, it could be a way for people to access their reproductive rights. But to know deeper, to have more evidence, we need more research to try out different dosing, to maximize the effectiveness across gestational age, and how different dosing affect person-centered measures, like their experience around bleeding, cramping, and other action, as well as research on the best way to support people on how to assess their symptom and how they can self-assess the whole experience. And we've been so, so lucky um, at IBIS to get to work with you and Ajeoma and our other hotline partners. And I'm so excited to see what more we can learn together about people's experiences and the best way to support them. And I just want to come back to some key things that you all said. Miso is magic. Miso is revolutionary. And the effectiveness lies in the trust. Thank you, Ika, Ijeoma, and Heidi for your time today. And thank you all for listening. We'll close out the podcast with a song, Miso is the Way, which is an amazing song that was written and recorded by our partners, G-Wine. So enjoy. For me, so in your mouth, bless for me, so under the tongue, me so is the way. Thank you to Dr. Ruani Jayawira, Dr. Heidi Mosesen, Ijeoma Iguatsu, and Ika Ayu Christian Ingram for this insightful conversation. To read their commentary, visit srhm.org. All articles are available for free online. For links to other resources discussed by our guests, please see the episode description. SRHM published several other interesting articles on the topic of self-managed abortion, including why self-managed abortion is so much more than a provisional solution for times of pandemic, and self-managed abortion, a constellation of actors, a cacophony of laws. In addition, we recently published an article on abortion hotlines entitled Abortion Hotlines Around the World, a Mixed Method Systematic and Descriptive Review. All articles are available on srhm.org. Follow SRHM Journal on social media or sign up for our newsletter to receive notifications for new research. Thank you for supporting the SRHM podcast, which is produced by the SRHM staff. The music was composed by Tiber Christian and Salomon Botond. <laughs>